Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field. It is gone! This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 162. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, we'll discuss some meatballs, talk about Cesar Hernandez signing a one-year deal with Cleveland with a team option for 2022. We'll talk about the fact that Cleveland may have more, quote, irons in the fire and signing more free agents coming up. And of course, we'll take your questions. Joining me for all that and more, none of Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how are you doing? I'm very well, Matthew. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I'm on all the time. <laughs> You're a very special guest today. Merritt Rolfing, you may have heard of him. I come by from t- from time to time <laughs> with this magic clicky uh, pen, with my magic clicky pen. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah. any keen listeners may be noticing we're not in our uh, usual time slot this week because I didn't. Nothing happened. I don't know. We didn't. There wasn't really much of a reason to podcast on Monday night. Yeah, we think. talk about a team that doesn't do shit in the off season, so it's pretty easy to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of found stuff for a few weeks in a row, and then nothing happened, and then. No, actually, Mayor, I knew it was going to happen. I was just waiting for today, for Tuesday, because I knew of they'd course. trade for somebody today. Today was there. They're not forward inside. thinking, you know? I know, right. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, meatballs. It's our meatball section. Mayor, of course, we have right now in the off season, so we have old Moni meatballs. But what's your uh, fun little tidbit from years past that you found? This one's more musty than moldy. Um, so, as many um, listeners may know, if they're also readers, uh, one would think they would be. I've been writing about these old dudes, uh, and right now I'm writing. I'm working on another 1920s player. Um, anyway, in the um, in the you know, course of my research, I discovered something very interesting about uh, Cleveland when it comes to the 1920s, especially that they were literally the number one pitching team by wins above replacement uh, for the extent of the 1920s, with 167.5 wins above replacement as a team. Uh, that outstrips the second place athletics who were at 149.7 Yankees who were thought to have dominated the 1920s with only 140 putting them in third. Uh, I was like, Oh, that's pretty impressive. I mean, they only won one world series. I guess they were a pretty competitive team. Kind of always bridesmaid, maybe the bride. And then I thought to myself, well, how are they doing compared to their, their, you know, opponents offensively? And that's when I discovered that the difference between the New York Yankees offensive wins above replacement and the second place Tigers is more than 100 wins above replacement, or nearly 100 wins above I'm sorry, it's 311 to 218.8. Yeah, Cleveland was down at 195.1. At, that's fourth place. So I just, this is really more of a, God damn it, those Yankees just beat the shit out of everybody kind of a comment, more than the Indians were pretty good at pitching at the time. Yeah, they had a, a um, couple right? good players, I think, back then, right? Maybe one or two that were Man, um, good, I tell good you, <laughs> it is wild how good Babe Ruth was. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just one of those things. Every now and then, you pull up his set, you go, "Jesus fucking Christ!" Like the distance between him and Babe Ruth, or Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig is just so immense. And Lou Gehrig was what the third best player in the 1920s or something like that. And it's just it's incredible. Um, Babe Ruth really good. This is what I've discovered in the course of my research. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking meatball. Breaking alert. news. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, That's but cool. it's, I just thought it was neat too that Cleveland was so good at pitching back then, and really just has. The more I read about these articles, the more I do this research, the more I look into their history, just how good they've always been at pitching. I mean, I know obviously they've won what four Cy Youngs since two thousand seven, um, which is a pretty good rate for one team to be pulling that many Cy Youngs. And I know that obviously they've been the class of, the, of baseball when it comes to pitching since what twenty, we'll call it twenty fourteen, I guess. Um, but even before that and going back, it's wild to me that the one time they had a really dominant offense, they couldn't put a goddamn pitching staff together that was anything more than mediocre. So it's um, – anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about like the 90s teams? Correct. I'm not to say they had bad pitching, but like they weren't great. It was They had a bunch of older guys. Like Dennis Martinez was on, on the 95 team, I think. And like uh, – Earl Horsheiser. Earl Hershiser was old at that point, and yeah, he was. I mean, who, Charlie Nagy was like the Charlie Nagy. He was good. <laughs> he like, was like I'm not the ace say of the staff, and he's not that good. Exactly, but he was like, yeah, he was. I don't know, like Jake West, Jake Westbrook plus, basically. You know, like a, a very like the, the best possible version of Jake Westbrook or something. I wonder how much yeah, worse player. is that that era of pitching compared to like others. I mean, I think they've probably been worse than since the 2000s on at least. But like before that, when the when Cleveland was just a dumpster fire, I don't know if. If their pitching was any better, like the seventies and eighties, I'm probably not. But sixties and seventies, I mean, you know, obviously they had McDowell, um, they were also Louis uh, Louis Tiant, and some other guys who also would come through. Um, I would say up until the, really the eighties, everything just fell in the toilet. From everything I've looked into, um, yeah, the eighties were just generally bad. That's just the time when you just kind of say, "Let's not talk about this." <laughs> and I'm sure we have people listening now who are listening to us to talk about reading stuff about the eighties, and they're probably screaming into there. You pillows. sons of bitches don't recognize the value that <laughs> well, because they Don lived. Schultz brought. I mean, Burt Blylevin was on the team at one point. Yeah. Um, they led the league in losses in 1980, whatever year this is. So that's something. Were, yeah, I mean, they weren't good. The don't get me wrong. They were clearly not good. But there are people who I'm lived just, through just, it. And like They know all these people. And we're talking about them as the ancient dinosaurs. It's the same as like all these YouTubers coming up talking about baseball. And like they're talking about the Red Sox have always been winners. Like, No, they used to be really bad for a long time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Again, they had some. Burt Blylevin was on the team for a few years there in the eighties. He's known to be a. Anyway, yeah, interesting that they just couldn't, couldn't. They 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 lost the track and ended up not doing well. So yeah, and if we go on the same path, we're only what twenty eight years away from a World Series, so we're good. We're uh, well, that would be if they won one this past year because they won one in nineteen twenty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Don't so we actually, what one. we're we're due for. 28 years from 2016, them losing another World Series in heartbreaking fashion. Although, maybe we could gauge that one back to, maybe we're just hundreds of years away from another one. Maybe that maybe the cycle is longer than we think, Matt. That's what it's it is. It's like we some astrology shit going on here now. Exactly. We really we got to look for at Jupiter it. and Mars to be lined up at the same time mm-hmm. they were in 1920, and then we can win the World Series. We've got to look at a grander calendar. Yeah, because that's what we want to look for, is the lining up of Jupiter and and. Mars. That's what's going to take for Cleveland to win a World Series. That's what it is, baby. But if not, they they could also sign Cesar Hernandez and remember him back for one year. Which hell yeah, let's talk about my favorite player from twenty whatever the hell year just happened. I I think we we talked about it before too that he's not. We both liked him and we liked the the veteran grittiness that he brings and he's consistent and um, but he's back. He's back in a one year. I think the 
the deal is really low for him. It was $5 million with a team option for next year. I think last year it was like six something he got, but, um, and then he had his, the best year of his career, but now he's back with Cleveland. And I think it's kind of unfortunate for him. I feel bad. I was, I was assuming he would take last year and get a, a bigger contract out of it, but, um, he just turned 30 and he's got a $5 million deal. He's in Cleveland. It doesn't, it's a weird deal for Cleveland, of course, because they have a million middle infielders and now they have yeah, i feel like i've seen them ha- they draft a middle infielder in the last couple of years so they probably could maybe just one or two maybe, maybe they had one last year was pretty good i think i think they had I one i think was that's true i think their defense in the middle infield was bad last year that's what they were known to have rough, yeah. bad yeah they were known for the bad middle infield defense but yeah they're just trying to fix that hole now in the middle of the i don't know how it happened but they just have this huge gap in the middle of the infield now you know what? Things just happen, man. There's no such thing as ca- causation or anything. It's just like, it ha- all of a sudden, whoops. Oh, shoot. Well, no there you are. Can never know. But yeah, they have, obviously, their outfield is still a huge issue. Um, Terry Pluto said at one point that the that Cleveland's going to spend between $5 million and $10 million at most. If that's the case, then they've either spent all their money or half of it um, on Cesar Hernandez, which is weird. But but I guess just what's your overall just thought on this deal so far? Hopefully nothing else happens between now and by the time this comes out. But <laughs> based on what they've done already, um, what are your thoughts on Cesar Hernandez? I mean, yeah, he was fun. Again, I liked watching him. I think if nothing else, I will en- I will enjoy watching him, um, you know, play the position. And he was pretty good offensively. Not great, but, you know, he was fine. Um, I... I, I have no real complaints. I know that we were hoping them to, for them to sign something more important or good or, you know, a place where they actually weren't strong, I guess. But they didn't. Uh, obviously, the talk is it's, it's to help uh, manipulate what's-his-name's uh, Jimenez's service time, which is inherently poisonous and stupid to me, and I hate it. But that's the way Cleveland runs the team, and it's the way it's going to be until whatever. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's one of the only options they have, really, is that they're they're using it as an excuse to keep Andre Jimenez down for just either Super 2 or just take it to next year of control. And then, I mean, they could flip him at the deadline, which is because they have him for this year and then a club option for the next year. So it's not just like half a year and you get nothing for him. They could just hold Jimenez down and flip Cesar Hernandez, uh, which is kind of weird. Or they could just put Ahmed Rosario in center field, which I think is almost more likely at this point. Um, yeah. it's, Dude, it is weird. Hernandez hit have. 20 doubles last year, by the way. I think that's pretty cool. He was on pace for 60 doubles and... Honestly, I'll take it. I'll take it any day of the week. That's pretty cool. I, love yeah, I mean, that. he's instantly what? One of their... I'm trying to think of who is better than... Can Amish we not and... have that conversation? Because that's depressing. He's <laughs> he their fourth best offensive there. player. He is, yeah. Yes, he, he will be their fo- fo- immediately their fourth best <laughs> offensive nice. player. If you put Ahmed Rosario out there, he's pretty high up too in the outfield. Okay, he's, so he's, he's, fifth. he's probably their best outfielder, Rosario, if you put him out there. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, it's, it's really depressing. Um, Jimenez, I think, could be okay. And then, man, Fred Morais is going to be better than him. Josh Naylor, maybe. Um, I mean, Jose Ramirez, clearly. Really hoping for a lot from Josh Naylor for someone who hasn't really shown anything. But, I mean, if, I'll say this. Cleveland's done for one thing. It's letting young people play and earn their spot. <laughs> well, I think for sure this is one. This isn't like a, a Domingo Santana or something like that. No, I think no. This is, a good, this, this, yeah, this this is, is a getting sign. a good player. Yeah, this is a good, getting a good player that they can add value to the team and help them win every single day. And I think that's something, right? That I, I care about that. That's You know, we bitch and moan about them not signing anything, but this is a move that if it were a supplemental move to them signing George Springer or something, you know, like that would be radical. Um, it's not. So instead it's just their big splash for the off season. 
uh, I guess it's probably not their big splash, is it? That already happened, and it was their big splash, splash of a signing. <laughs> big yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But what if I can get that by on iTunes as the title? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if um, this it, it's a really nice signing if there's something bigger along with it, even if it's something like minorly bigger, like John Heyman said they have their <laughs> had a quote irons in the fire. Somebody mentioned it sounds an awful lot like a um, Scott Boris quote, <laughs> something he would say, but that's what uh that's what John Heyman says. The Indians have irons in the fire looking to improve their team, which again we don't know why they have to improve their team. Eric. It just happens. There's just gaps, and then listen. Sometimes you know the wind shifts, and you have to respond to it. Running a team is like sailing. In that sometimes you have to sometimes you have to ditch your best player in the middle of the ocean. Out of, out of nowhere, your best player gets scurvy, and you're out of lemons and limes. So what do you do? You throw him in the ocean, and you hope for the best, and a shark eats him. Uh, it's not the best option. Um, and then you I find that you actually had lemons the whole time, like below deck. There's lemons over lemons. here. They're below deck, but I'm yeah. using these for something else. I'm making a pie, a lemon meringue pie. You <laughs> I'm can't have another boat lemons. out of lemons. It's my own special yeah, boat that you can't. Come this is my on. second boat, my lemon boat. <laughs> But it's, it's where they are. If the the Terry Pluto thing came out, I think it was last week, late last week, that he's he's here. I mean, Terry Pluto is one of the ones that are the most, I guess you just call him most trustworthy. He's very, it, it comes out often a lot of times as water carrying or just parroting the company line. But if you just want to know what the Indians are actually thinking, you can usually go by what Terry Pluto says. And in this case, he said that he was hearing that they might spend five to 10 million at most, which if, if that's Cesar Hernandez, then signing another outfielder to fix the dumpster fire out there is going to be a stretch, I think. I mean, they have, I'm so bad at like guessing values, but I like the idea of like Jackie Bradley Jr. If he's not super expensive, he probably will be. But um, like him or Jock Peterson as a platoon in one of the corner outfield spots. Um, Nomar Mazar, I know you like him. He's only 26. He's got a lot of upside and should be pretty cheap. But there's there's plenty of options. I just don't want another at-bat sucker upper where they're just a veteran guy who shouldn't be there taking up all the at-bats. Soaker, that's a better word, Merritt. That's what a, somebody who writes all the time would say would be soaker and not sucker upper. But you get the idea. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah what about they just, they just want somebody out there, but he's old. Yeah. Oh, God. They did sign. Was that last year or the year before? They had him here for like spring training and he was gone. Two years ago, yeah. I think it was. Something yeah, like it might have been 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Naquin's uh, still out there. He's that's an like option. Like I said, yeah. That would that would not surprise me if they were to resend Tyler Naquin <laughs> to a three million dollar dealer or something like that. <laughs> Or That's even, the kind of deal we have to expect, but I don't think about, if, if Cesar Hernandez only got five million, I mean Naquin's he's got to be like a barely over a minor league deal, right? Boy, thank God for collusion. Uh, let's see, what <laughs> about? <laughs> thank you, collusion. I mean, Eddie Rosario, how expensive would he be? I'm not sure, but Adam Duvall, um, he's 32 years old for God's sake. Ryan, Ryan Braun, can't he would can't never come out. to Cleveland. <laughs> Jay Bruce. Um, I mean, there's oh, yeah. options. You know what? Depends I mean, on what, if they want to spend literally anything. I'm in on Jay Bruce. How? Why not? Well, no, I don't know. I think clear, he's kind of in the Carlos Gonzalez campus. He would take too many bats from somebody. But I don't want to see any of these people play out playing the outfield <laughs> play defense. That would be a, a train wreck. But and I mean, if, I if they just doing it. ride as it is now, and they do put Rosario in center field, then I mean, you got who's your right field? I guess Daniel Johnson for the majority of the time, maybe platoon him with Jordan Luplo or something. But then you have eventually Nolan Jones in left, and on that Rosario in center, is that? A passable outfield, almost. If no, Nolan it's Jones. still a terrible outfield. <laughs> if Nolan Jones is anything close to being relatively good, is it? No, it's still really bad, isn't it? I mean, That's if Daniel Johnson great. can be kind of, good, it all depends on like how these individual guys perform. It's so it, they're almost not projectable. This team because you're never going to know like who's going to tank. But it's also the the fun part. A lot of them could be really good. Um, Daniel Johnson has a rocket arm, but can he hit anything? Is the question. He, he has the power. If the handmate bone is still bugging him somehow in his hand, he hasn't seemed to hit since then. 
Why do we um, want Ahmed Rosario in the outfield? Where did this? I don't understand where this idea came from. He's played one game in the outfield in the major leagues. Well, it's it's my, I, this is just purely spitball. I mean, I think it's just what the Indians are doing. They're just grabbing a bunch of middle infielders and just throwing them in the outfield to see how it works. Because I mean, otherwise they're just incompetent and they don't know how to find outfielders. So I hmm. I'm choosing to believe that they have this plan. Um, they're just taking the most athletic guys they can and they're just putting them in the outfield. I. I I think they have something somewhere that tells them the outfield is really not that hard comparatively. You can just stick somebody who's fast and can react well out there and he's going to be fine. Um, and they did say that Rosario will play. I don't have the exact quote, but Chris Anthony basically said that he'll, he's going to play multiple positions for us. Um, it's just a shame it, they don't have some sort of fast, physically impressive, young I swear to God, know, this is Bradley outfielder. Zimmer. No, no, got it. Daniel Johnson, <laughs> oh, for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> well, I, that's what I'm talking about. He's going to be in right field. I think that's a pretty – that's yeah. a lock right there, at least a little bit, I would hope. But he's also – I guess that's the hardest vision. That, that's the hardest – the biggest yeah. outfield to play at Progressive anyway. So that's probably what you'd want to go with. So yeah, sense. I mean, even if it's well, not, then you – Maybe. If you're fast and have good reflexes, I think you can can work out there. It reminds me a lot of – speaking of your favorite NFL team, the Raiders, where they had this longest thing where they just go for the fastest wide receivers and just pray to God they can catch the ball. It kind of reminds me of that. Look, there but. was a reasoning behind that I won't get into now, but it was, god damn it. Is there a reason they tried to Darius Haywood Bay or traded for him or whatever and he sucked? Yes, because <laughs> Al Davis fast. was old. <laughs> and he, he believed speed. that you could, he believed you could coach him up. The issue being you need to have coaches who have been there for a while. You don't, have to, you don't get a new head coach every single year. It ruins things. <laughs> and see, that's basically what Cleveland's doing is they, they feel like they can take these guys who are are raw athletic marvels and they can put them in the outfield and they'll be fine, which I think is interesting. We saw Lonnie Chisenhall do it really well. I think, um, I think we're reaching the point where it's going to be make or break for that strategy. If that's what they're doing, they have to just commit to it at some point. They've kind of like went back and forth on it. It feels like so far, but they're to the point where they just have no outfielders. They've got to start putting these middle, middle infielders in the outfield. You just, you just think they figure out a way to get some outfielders. Sometimes you wonder how, Billion dollar organizations are even run. But then you know what? You grow up and you see how other billion dollar organizations are run. You go, oh, it's all dog shit. It's all dog shit built on, on a pile of sand. So, <laughs> on a pile of poop splashes. It's just everywhere. On a pile. Yeah. <laughs> near, near a lake of, of poop splashes. Uh, but I would yeah. also think that, I mean, it, it's nice if you're doing both because then you're not limiting yourself to just outfielders. But I wonder if, if finding a good outfielder is like more expensive than just athletic middle infielders who can go anywhere. I don't know. Maybe the idea is just to flip them at some point, like get all these guys because they know second base and shortstops are valuable and they can just trade them when they need an outfielder. I mean, that's another option. Um, like Gabriel Arias, if if Jimenez is the one they think is going to stick there, then they can just do it and move him. But I don't know. And they've just got so many of them and no goddamn outfielders other than Daniel Johnson and Nolan Jones, I guess, at some point. If, if yeah, I really hate reading back. like – national writers who've noticed the fact that Cleveland has no outfielders is like, God damn it. Other people are noticing too. This is terrible. <laughs> the plan is falling apart. First of all, this was my niche. Get out of here. And second of all, Oh no, it's, it's this whole house of cards is collapsing. You know, I, I, you, you, I hope that works. I, I get the logic behind is getting a bunch of athletic guys and having them run around out there. Um, it just seems like great outfielders that we think of in baseball have been outfielders for a long time. You know what I mean? Kevin Kiermeyer is an example. Um, Mike Trout is an example. They're, they're good at it. I mean, other guys who aren't good at outfielders but can hit stick out there. Guys like um, let's like Bryce Harper. I'm just going by, you know, these are examples who are stars, but there, there are others who are less star-like. But Bryce Harper's, you know, he was a catcher originally. Um, Juan Soto is just kind of a – he's just too good. So uh, 
what, what was his name? The guy who was on the Phillies who they moved to the outfield. Reese Hoskins, right? Yeah. yeah his so whole, the only his whole, doing it. They're, it's just well, his whole life it. felt like he became very bad offensively when they moved him to the outfield. Like his, his offense collapsed when they, when they signed um, Carlos Santana. He was something that was just not as impactful because he, I don't know if he just was, he did not like it as much or, or what. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume that some people were just like that. Like, because remember they tried to do it with um, Francisco Mejia. Like, I'd imagine if they wanted to, they could have just said, you're an outfielder, get up here and do it. And then they would have hated it and sucked. But I think they're trying to purposely find people who are willing to move to different positions. Because both Rosario and Jimenez said, and I mean, it's just what you say. I don't yeah. think you say anything else when you're first traded, but they came over and said they're willing to play wherever, which I think is something that. We've already known Cleveland values, but I think now it they value it in the direction of the outfield, not just playing third base, second base, and sort stop. But yeah, the whole I mean, I think that's that's a piece of all yeah because they, they seem to hunt makeup guys. You know, I mean, Francisco Lindor is a perfect example of that, but maybe that's just a, a small piece of that is a willingness to, uh, you know, whatever, do whatever it takes, if you want, for lack of a better way to phrase it. So it could just be it, it, it it's a function of the of the broader thing, and as we know, they do love the versatility because it, it's. Um, inexpensive to have a ver- versatile players. So this is just one way for them to kind of find that path. And they really do have like all, there's no bad personalities on this team. The last one, I, I guess, was Trevor Bauer, right? He was the last like negative personality and they just have nobody. I mean, Josh Naylor pulled a knife prank on one of his teammates once. That was it. But that was like several years ago. <laughs> you didn't know about that? That's that's not a, <laughs> this is not a ditch jumping thing. It was, um, <laughs> let's see. I found the article for this several years ago. I just tied to what was he doing? What about tied to a bucket, did you say? You're just <laughs> murmuring over here now. So, because uh, I'm trying to read it real quick while I'm doing it. But, okay, so I guess they didn't really know what the prank was. But he had a knife at one point, and one of his teammates got cut. And it was a prank. Knife prank. God Somebody damn, that's got stitches in the hand. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, I, I think it's very clear, like, he wasn't stabbing his teammate. I think it was something with a joke. But... <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> exactly. <him>. But... <laughs> I mean, that's the only like negative thing I can think about anybody has done on this team. I love that. That's a great. That's time. a great prank. I'm gonna pull it on my wife. <laughs> just dangle a knife from a string and see what happens. Ha ha! Got you. Yeah, I'm just looking at their 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 40 man roster right, or their depth chart right now. They just don't have any first base. No, I mean like Naylor or Ray. Like there's no one the listed base. as first baseman on here. There's there's not a single. There's not even a section for first base. Oh no, Merritt. You know who you're forgetting, right? Jacob oh, R. Bowers. Listen, I'm a huge Jake Bowers fan. I mean, he's still only like he's only, still only like 14, so it's, it's hard to really give up on the guy. I mean, he's out of options, so he's got to try this year. This is his year to stick it somewhere. He's, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to he's going to post a 117 OPS plus. <laughs> that's that seems insane for Jake Bowers. I'm sorry if Misty Bowers is listening. His mom is delightful, but he's going to hit 20 four home runs. He's going to hit. He's going to have an on base percentage at three. 34 with a 4.75 slugging percentage. He's going to strike out looking in 30% of his events. Yes, 100%. But he'll also, yes. He will, he will, God damn. He will walk 9.7% of the time. He'll end up hitting like 240. But he'll, he will be a positive. I don't think that's a 117 W or an OPS plus. I think that's a little I bit know. lower. Listen, it's all based on everyone else too. So everyone else has to be performing in an engaged way to make that stick. So. I mean, we basically described his last year in 2019 maybe a did little we? bit better. We did. No, yeah. that's way better. 24 <laughs> home runs? Come on now. Well, that's true. But you had his on-base percentage not much higher. Three. What did you say? 323, 330? I said something? 334. 
That's so, a little better. So maybe like that's around like 100, 100, 102. It's barely above okay, average. Okay. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that number then. Yeah. yeah. Still, <laughs> we'll he's get like, with that one. Yeah. Let's go back to the old chart of Cleveland batters. He's what, the uh, fifth or sixth best hitter at that point? Goddamn right, dude. I love <laughs> saying things out of context. That's It's the best thing to do. Boy, he was really the fourth best hitter on the entire team, on the, on the entire major that's league team. Matters. <laughs> on a major league baseball team, he was the fourth best hitter. Can you believe it? No, I mean, I'm saying he's, I, I said he was going to have a 475 slugging percentage, so I think that's high. I mean, look at this three his on base percentage when he played last was 312. I'm bumping it up 30 points. That's fair. If, if you think he's going to slug that much, then yeah. Where where's yeah. this Jake Bowers power hitting coming from? His ass, where most <laughs> uh, power hitting comes from. Thighs <laughs> where he pulls the power. <laughs> Exactly. He's going to finally discover his power stroke. It's going to be great. He's going to be a three-win player. <laughs> Which will then bring his career wins above replacement to 2.8. Which, you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's what you got. What they, oh, that was the... Yeah, that was the Andy Diaz trade. That wasn't great. That still looks really bad. Uh-huh. I mean, Carlos Santana. Yeah, Andy Diaz is bad. Shut up. Terrible. What do you say? Answer some questions, man. What if we, yeah, uh, all right. That's fine. Yeah. We uh, every I guess Tuesday now, but every Monday, Tuesday, somewhere around there, we ask everybody on Twitter and Facebook. Let us know what you Mid-week. want us to talk about. We got I love our questions this week. They are if anybody's listening, and you want to ask questions, ask one like these where they're just weird, random things. I don't know if you looked merit, but I kind of love them. Um, I mean, one we just talked about. This is a, just a regular baseball question at six one four sports. He says, "Where's the team heading at first base?" Bowers, Bradley. We forgot about Bobby Bradley. Oh shit! We keep on doing that. We love him though. This might be the mascot of the goddamn podcast. We forget about him all the time. I mean, literally, last episode was named after him, and we got a nickname yeah. for him. But yeah, I mean, he's an option there, first base. It's either him or Bowers, I think. But um, yeah, we just answered that one. But it's a good question. It's it's one of the biggest questions they have. Weirdly enough, it feels like they've had at least somebody at first base for like so long who was a a, a decent first baseman. Like Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not going to call him good, but Casey Koshman was a good defensive first baseman. He was there. Oh, God. He you know, I was so excited for him because he hit, won like a batting title like yeah. six years prior or something like that. I'm such there. an idiot. <laughs> I think Lou Marson went over to first base at one point when he wasn't a good catcher. No, that seems impossible. He was from the 1950s. He would never leave the catcher position. Um, so our next question is at Real D Cunningham. He thinks, do you think the next thing Dolan will cut will be Dollar Dog Night? I'll hang up and listen. So, I mean, what? let's think of really petty things that could be cut to save money. Like Dollar Dog Night, that's a good one. That's You can't okay, save Well, I don't think dogs. he'd cut Dollar Dog Night. He just raises a $1.25 dog. Um, <laughs> it's not as catchy, but it's right, exactly. $2 it's like, Dog Night. That's still catchy. Pop. That still uh, pops he, off the page. He might do things like eliminate the hot dog race. Uh, he might do things like <laughs> they just have people out there racing in like hot dog shirts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like the freeze, except it's just normal people, and they're just wearing their street clothes, and they're not racing against anyone. And it's just literally or, so they've been the well, you know what? The cheapest thing to do would be just pull three fans out and have them do it. <laughs> just have them race and call it a hot dog race. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Get the most hot dog looking fans, <laughs> and then replace um, the big screens with the projector, like because you know that right? meme that uh, gets posted where it's the guy wearing the, the hot dog uniform suit that just says, "We're trying to figure out who did <laughs> yeah. this." I finally watched that skit <laughs> so today, and he just points at the guy. And he's like, "He's dressed like a hot dog too," and he goes like, "Ah, damn." <laughs> That's where so, I think you should leave, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I've tried to watch that show like three times, and as someone who enjoys <laughs> Nathan Fiedler and like. Uh, what's his name? Like Tim Heidecker comedy. It was just a little much for me. I was like, Good <laughs> Lord, dude. I got to 
it's, it's a very specific type of comedy that you're going for. It's, it's it's so much like I mean I mean for lack of a better phrase, cringe comedy, but so much higher even than like I couldn't watch the final episode of Nathan for you because it was too uncomfortable. It's when he falls in love with that prostitute. Uncomfortable is a good word. It's it's like uncomfortable comedy. Like that's the yeah the funny yeah. of it is that it's so weird. But but yeah, those are, yeah. Try. But anyway, just yeah. they'll find guy people who have to be dressed kind of hot doggy and have them race. Uh, what are the other things they could cut? Um. I mean, you can put ads oh. on the shipping containers. You gotta have more of those. Put, okay, you can put more. What ads do you have there? The just Hall of containers. Famers. Who needs those? Just put more progressive ads yeah. up there. Bob yeah. Lemon. Who we, is that? Put a um, basically just um, pull pull a classic uh, Oakland A's slash Raiders <laughs> move and tarp over the entire bleachers <laughs> and put that ad there. There you go. You know, uh, those aren't real fans. Real fans, uh, obviously, as we all know, they sit in the seats. Uh, sit in boxes. Yeah, they buy sweets. Uh, sweets. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you for that um, They could start charging what's his name for uh, charge seat. the players for rent for using the stadium. Oh yeah, start renting. Yeah, yeah start charging <laughs> the players for rent, um, or start docking them pay for things like damaged <laughs> baseballs and bats and things like that. And the field really, work. you know, how much like it costs 19, to maintain that field when they're playing their silly little like games. Like nineteen tens and fi- like Connie Mack ass nickel and diming them. Yeah. <laughs> Every time that they resod the infield, you just charge them a few hundred bucks. We just fire the entire groundskeeping crew and have the, have the players do it. There you go. I mean, they're, they're, there. the, they're making the me- clean up your own mess. That'll be the theme of the team this year. <laughs> it's called responsibility and learning to yeah, be a yeah, team yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, that'll be next year. Next yeah. year, it's called responsibility. So yeah. <laughs> so we'll finish with this one, which is maybe my favorite question we've ever gotten um, from at underscore lover of cats underscore also a great name. He asks AL managers versus NL managers in dodgeball. Who wins? So Merritt, this is. Dude, I had to pull a list of <laughs> who the, hell the managers were. <laughs> so fifteen on fifteen dodgeball. You got your AL, you got your NL. I mean, AL, you've got some issues already. Um, I think Terry Francona, he's going to be struggling. Tony Larusso, he's dead. I mean, as soon as the ball he's hits 170 him, he's, he's going to fall. Dusty over. Baker, I mean, Dusty Baker is actually a, a threat because he has that toothpick. He could the ball is coming. <laughs> but out. then you also have Mike Matheny and Rocco Ball Dolly, who would take it way too seriously. Yeah, they no, would. This is their whole just, life yeah. was just made for well, Boone too. Ball. Boone would be right there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be good, but he'd be trying really hard. He exactly. Really um, I could not identify Scott Service if I met him and he shook my hand and said, hi, I'm Scott Service. I go, who the fuck are you? Get out of here, you weirdo. Uh, so I don't know. Any, well, he has a very wide neck according to his um, high, his, his baseball cards. So. I think Kevin Cash probably isn't very athletic. I guess he's probably athletic, but maybe not compared to the other guys. But he was a catcher. He doesn't count. He catched the ball, I guess, well. But um, Chris Woodward, he seems athletic enough. Who the fuck is Chris? Sorry to swear, but who the hell is Chris Woodward? <laughs> yes, we never swear on this podcast, Mary. Please don't. Uh, the only Chris way I know him because he complained player... about um, Fernando Tatis flipping his bat last year. Oh, uh, right. That's what I know him for. Okay, he's got... He's Joe Madden's old. He's, that's another... Yeah, Joe Madden's old. Uh, Charlie Montoyo, again, not really sure who he is. Um, but then you got Gabe Kepler on the National Hinch League. Young... Who would... Exactly. Then you go to the National he's League. Guy, as hell. Like... He was... Yeah, shred ass Kepler. <laughs> I'm assuming Jace Tingler is a young person. Um, he is, uh, yeah. Mike Schlitt, again, couldn't identify him worth a damn. Joe Girardi would, again, a man who take it too seriously. Craig Council, too seriously. Don Mattingly. Now, it depends on if he grows back his mustache. <laughs> mustache Don Mattingly gets a couple miles per hour more on that dodgeball. I'll be honest with you. I think the National League takes this. They have some guys. They got David Ross, who, you know, he can kiss my grits, but <laughs> he was a catcher like two years ago. So I'm yeah, sure he can still, still throw the ball step, pretty yeah. hard. Tory Bud Black is Bud Black is carved out of granite, so <laughs> I think he he'd be great. Uh, David Bell isn't too old. Don Mattingly grows mustache back. Craig Council again not too old. 
National League really has a youth movement going on more so than the American League, I think. I think, obviously, it's weighed in the wrong way because of guys like LaRusa and Francona and Madden yeah. uh, and Baker, actually. So they're kind of coming in at a bit of a disadvantage that is not outweighed by guys like uh, Baldelli and Boone and Matheny. You know, again, guys who played Cora, he also played recently. Yeah, uh, Not quite clear on who Brandon Hyde is, even though he's... <laughs> Coach is forty miles from my house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the, that's the thing in dodgeball. You don't need a whole team. You got like a good four. You got Matheny, Baldelli, Boone, um, Alex Cora, AJ Hinch, and Hyde. Maybe. Honestly, I think Hyde is is getting slept on this one. I mean, yeah. I mean that's a, that's a good you, core you got there. You just Hyde was a player, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He Let Larusa and Francona get out right away. Yeah. So he hit three hundred once as a pro. Uh, he hit one thirty with the Charlotte Knights. It looks like he played. Nope. Okay, never mind. <laughs> So yeah, Hyde is yeah. younger. Um, I mean, Luis Rojas and and uh, Gabe Kepler are the ones I'm really scared of in the National League. So I'm going Ale on this one. I think Ale would take it just because of that. Really, core. I don't know. I mean, there's other guys here who I think we're, we we don't know anything about, and I think we're sleeping on like Tori Lavulo. Again, pretty sure he's young. Um, I, I mean, David Ross, like you said, man. he's another young one. I don't know if he's overly athletic though. I mean, I get that he just played, but like when you got yeah, Mike Matheny bearing down on you, that guy's way too into it. Yeah, but um, Gabe Kepler is beautiful. Jay Singler, <laughs> Jay Singler, I'm sure has some sort of. Uh, Ability. He's only <laughs> what they need is that new um, Lions coach, the guy who wants to bite kneecaps off. Hell he yeah! What they need is him. I love that man. That's why I'm a Lions <laughs> fan now. I've dumped the the hated Raiders for the mighty Lions to bite some yeah, kneecaps. I, I would go National out. League. I, th- I think they have more youth, and honestly, I think they have more athleticism. And they have Bud Black, who I think is better than anyone else, and it's cool. <laughs> he would not move, but he would still not be out. He would either catch no, everything yeah, the balls and would, yeah, it. Yeah, the balls are like, oh shit, we can't fuck with him. <laughs> he just glare at you with his big salty ass eyebrows, and you go, oh damn, those eyebrows are getting me right now. I gotta get it. That's my choice. It's National League, and also you're wrong. But we're split on this one. We gotta. I'm gonna put this to a poll probably tomorrow when it posts okay. because I like the. Okay. I want to see the debater on this one. I mean, this is also this is borderline um, hustle double worthy. I agree. I I'm gonna, which I am a now two time champion. As well, we all know. I don't know if that's quite how that works. That's kind of the rules of that. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure it is, as I've been the loudest one saying it the most. So, uh, as we all know, that's what that's what <laughs> that's how debates it. work. You just that's how debates work. Things. Be loud and say the same thing over and over and drown out your opponent, and that's there how you go. do it. There you go. Um, on that note, Merritt, and thank you, lover of cats, for that question. Um, We'll call yeah, it an episode thanks. for this week on the shortened week. Um, I think actually tomorrow now or today when this posts, uh, Matt and Brian are going to record the first episode of um, Indians on Deck again in a while. So that's kind of cool. Talking about prospects again for them. Um, soon we get close to the season, maybe it'll start. Maybe we'll see. But uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We might actually not have baseball on time this year. Yeah, that's right. You never Shit. know. But I mean, we didn't talk about that. But the fact that it, it seems an awful lot like um, Rob Manfred wanted the uh, Texas League to write to baseball and say they didn't want them to start on time because MLB really doesn't want to start on time because they don't want to pay the players for the whole season. But that's a whole, that's a These whole nother cheap thing. Sons of, you know, what's his name? Uh, Cohen just lost like $10 billion yeah, in the last stuff. couple of hours Yeah, because of game stuff. I love that whole thing's going on. Man, it's great. That's amazing. Buys, buys the Mets immediately is broke. My God, it's, it's the of, most Mets thing on earth. Because of one subreddit goes nuts and GameStop. It's really good. Fantastic! Yeah. I kept on thinking about buying GameStop stock, but like, yeah, I'm like, I can't go up anymore. And it goes up another eighty dollars. Like, fucking bullshit! <laughs> That's where I've been a Bitcoin for the last like several years. I, was like, I should buy yeah, a little bit. So, I should buy a little bit now. So maybe, maybe I'll buy some uh, BlackBerry stock. See how that goes. Yeah, buy high, sell low. That's how it works. Anyway, <laughs> no, buy high, never sell. <laughs> That's the real rules. <laughs> Merritt, I'll talk to you next week. See you.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.